You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. Each resurrection story defines Jesus' resurrection as causing his life work to, to continue in the lives of his followers. Jesus commissions his disciples in the stories to continue his life work in the same spirit that inspired him. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 417. Our title this week is Breathing in Spirit and Exhaling Love and Justice, and our feature text is from the Gospel of John, John 20, 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. I want to first address the problematic nature of the Gospel of John here, specifically in the context of anti-Semitism. It would be much more life-giving for us today to read this as saying with the doors locked for fear of the political leaders. It says, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Messiah. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So, the other disciples told him, We have seen the Messiah. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand, put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Savior and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many any other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So this first weekend after Western Christianity's Easter each year, we begin reading the stories of the early believers after the resurrection. In each post-resurrection story, the good news or gospel is not that Jesus died or even died for you, but that this Jesus that was brutally murdered by the state and those who, who controlled the status quo is risen. He's alive. The crucifixion and all that Jesus' death accomplished has been undone, reversed, and overcome. And this week's story from John is, is similar and yet still very different from those found in, in Luke 24 You can and, and Mark 16. 
16 and Matthew 28 and Acts 1. You, you can go back and look at each one of those. Uh, they're, they're variations of post-resurrection appearances, uh, stories of appearances by Jesus. Um, again, in Mark 24, 36 through 49, Mark 16, 14 through 18, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Acts 1 verse 8. In John, Jesus cryptically uh, breathes the Holy Spirit onto his disciples, and then he attaches to this gift of the Spirit the authority of, of loosing and binding, of forgiving, of bringing comfort and liberation, and, and setting people free. And It makes me think of Matthew 16, 19, where similar language is used in Matthew 18, 18, but it's vital that the power of forgiving or not forgiving that this passage speaks about, it's vital that that is connected to the disciples receiving the spirit of Jesus. Forgiveness, and this is important, forgiveness divorced from that spirit serves to only perpetuate oppression and harm. And I'll unpack that and explain that more as we continue. But Jesus uses this language in the Gospel of John as well, this language of spirit. The spirit of the Most High is on me because the Most High has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. The Most High has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Most High's favor. Here, the work of the Spirit is uh, to, and oh, that was Luke 4, 18 through 19. But, but the work of the Spirit here is to announce good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to set the oppressed free, and, and announce the year of the Most High's favor. And remember, that was a year when all debts would be forgiven regardless of the creditor's wishes. In that year, debtors were released. Those who are forgiven in the Jesus story are those on the margins, those pushed to the underside and the edges of Jesus' society by those benefiting from the status quo. What about those whose social location was more at the center or, or, or maybe upper class? D did Jesus extend the, uh, forgiveness to them too? Well, I, I, think of the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19, 1 through 9. Uh, Jesus forgave and loosed him too, yet Zacchaeus was not loosened or forgiven from the consequences of his actions, Jesus instead called him to stop participating in oppression. And only then did salvation come to Zacchaeus' house. Because salvation, remember, it looks like justice for the oppressed. And this reminds me of, of Gandhi critiquing Christianity when he said that he didn't want to be saved from the consequences of his actions, but from those actions themselves. How many times have we seen those who harm others or benefit from that harm. Being forgiven or assured of no condemnation without being called to make restitution or reparations. Being loosed is not uh, conditional on acts of restoration like a quid pro quo or tit for tat or an exchange, and I want to make that clear, but rather for oppressors, being loosed actually is uh, these acts of restoring that which has been taken from others. That is the the, the act of being loosed. That is the, the, it's not like they're two separate things and one's conditional on the other. It's intrinsically the same thing. And this is why I believe the disciples were given authority not 
not to forgive too. Reserving forgiveness is a way to remind them that their freedom is intrinsically tied to their choice to stop participating in the harm being done to others. Anything less than that is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer described as cheap grace. And during the the 1930s, Bonhoeffer watched Christians giving uh, post-mortem assurance to the Nazis, assuring oppressors that everything was okay while they continue to do harm. And remember, that's akin to expecting victims or survivors too to reconcile with those who have harmed them. But 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 those those very people have done no work of restitution, no work of reparation. Neither of these are, are, are life-giving interpretations of of the forgiveness ethic in the Jesus stories. These stories. They don't help us recover so much of the historical Jesus as much as they establish also the authority of his disciples. In this week's reading, the focus is Thomas. The story is about him, and and it serves a, a double purpose for the fledgling Jesus movement, that early movement that was struggling there in the beginning. It, number one, it establishes Thomas as an early movement leader. Multiple documents in, in Christian history would later be attributed to this disciple. Thomas is supposedly uh, to, he's supposed to have taken the gospel to the, the Parthians and then on to, to even to India. He's credited with establishing the Martama church and, and it's said that he was martyred there as well in that tradition. And Thomas is also a central figure in Syrian Christianity. His bones, by that tradition, are claimed to have been removed from India and brought to Edessa close to the end of the 4th century. And and number two, this story challenges people to believe in the Jesus story, even though they haven't seen Jesus for themselves. And what speaks to me most about these stories is that Jesus didn't come back from the dead just to live another 30 or so years doing the same thing that he'd been doing uh, before he was executed. The attempted silencing of, of, of Jesus and his saving work, it turns out in the story to only be an interruption, not an end. And each resurrection story defines Jesus' resurrection as causing his life work to, to continue in the lives of his followers. Jesus commissions his disciples in the stories to continue his life work in the same spirit that inspired him. And I I consider again how Jesus' life work was summarized in passages like what we looked at earlier in Luke 4, 18-19. It's good news for the poor. It's release for the prisoners. It's setting free the oppressed, proclaiming the Most High's favor or or forgiving debts. And there's similar teaching in both Luke's Sermon on the Plain and Luke 6, and in Matthew's Sermon on the Mount, beginning in Matthew 5, these are the ethics and values in the Jesus story. Jesus both comforted and challenged individuals, and also even in his overturning of the tables, he challenged unjust systems, demanding a, a different order of things in the here and, and now. So, so I have to ask myself, am I breathing in the same spirit that we read of in this week? week's passage and and how closely is my story 
aligning with the Jesus story? In what areas does my life harmonize with the Jesus story? And, and where is their dissonance? Each of us looses and binds things every day. Are the things that I bind and loose, are they similar to or are they vastly different from the liberation work, the love, the compassion, the, the safety and justice that we see in the Jesus story? The first weekend after Easter, especially this first weekend after Easter, I want to foster more harmony between my life story and this story of Jesus that I hold so dear. And I'm, I'm sure you do too. So here's to breathing in that spirit uh, together and exhaling love and justice with those our lives touch each and every day. Heart Group application this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, in what ways are you inspired to breathe in spirit and exhale love and justice in your own spheres of influence this new year and discuss that with your group. Then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. Right where you are, remember, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.